Growing in God's Word and learning how to take up our cross and follow Jesus. This is Crosswalk from Cross Culture Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. The world loves based on what I know about this person, what I like about this person, how this person has treated me, whether they've been kind to me, what they've done for me. That is how the world loves. That's why that kind of love can evaporate so quickly, because it's based on us. Love. It's a word used a lot in our culture today, and it's defined by people in a lot of different ways. The church talks about love as well, as we should. We often talk about the love of God and the love we should have for those without a relationship with Jesus Christ. But what about the love for each other as a part of the body of Christ? Do we really understand what that should look like? If God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And who's he referring to? Who is it we're supposed to be loving? Yeah, your brothers and sisters in Christ, the body of Christ. Hello and welcome to Crosswalk. We're certainly glad you've joined us today as we continue our series, Building on the Basics. Pastor Clay has been taking us on an in-depth study of most of the New Testament books known as the General Letters. In the book of James, we looked at the basic of faith. In First and Second Peter, it was the basic of hope. And as we're making our way through the Apostle John's letters, we're focusing on the basic of love. Today we continue our study in 1 John chapter 4, where, as you'll hear today, John puts a major emphasis on love as it pertains to the body of Christ. He's asking us to love in a way that does not come natural to us, but by the power of His Spirit is made possible so that we can love, here it is, the body of Christ like He loves the body of Christ. Are you with me? If you attend a church regularly, you probably have close friends in the church. You might even say you love them. But do we really understand what that means and who it should apply to? Pastor Clay is going to explain today the radical nature of this love we should have for one another and the results that will be evident when we really love each other. Now, here's Pastor Clay. What really is love? Open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 4. Uh, 1 John chapter 4, we started there last week in verses 1 through 6 and looking at some very important uh, truths in there. Uh, but, but this week we're moving into a different area. <clears throat> and it's an area John's talked about before. It's familiar to us, but, uh, but this is really, we're not going to get through it all this morning, but, but this is really, really important. God really impressed upon me this week uh, as I was working on this message, the importance of what, what John has to say here. Um, because uh, of the length of the text and uh, time and stuff, I'm not going to read all of the text up front as I a lot of times will do. We're going to kind of read the text as we go. But just thinking about that question, what, what is love? What does real love look like? And we're going to start uh, with this overarching idea this morning. Just because someone says they love doesn't mean they love someone. We're going to see that as we make our way through verses 7 through 21, but uh, we're going to chip it away a little bit at a time, and uh, we're starting with this idea this morning. Um, In verses 7 and 8, love is non-negotiable. Love is a non-negotiable. Verses 7 and 8, I want to read it to you. Y'all all all right? All right? Nobody's going to pass out from the heat? Beloved. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God. Why? For God is, say it, love. 
I know we haven't, haven't read it all yet, but from, from there on, from, from verses 7 through the end of the chapter, through 21, uh, in those 15 verses, by my count, 29 times in 15 verses, the word love or some form thereof is used. Now, love is a, is, is a popular subject throughout this letter that John writes, and all of his writings, uh, for that matter. But probably nowhere is there more of a concentrated focus on this idea of love than there is here in chapter 4 uh, of First. Uh, I mean, yeah, chapter 4 of 1 John, uh, where 29 times, by my calculation, that's almost two times per verse that John uses some form of the word love. Nowhere is it more concentrated than it is right here. Now, some of you know this. Some of you are not aware of this. But um, in the Greek language, the, the language that the New Testament was originally written in, there are, you can find at least three distinct or different words that are translated into English simply as love. In other words, uh, we might say, I love chunky monkey ice cream. I made love to my wife. God loves me. Not necessarily. No, no, don't go there. God loves. Okay, the, the, the same word, right? The same word is used every single time, but most of us would understand that there's a, that there's a, there's a different uh, application, even though it's the same word that shows up every time. It doesn't have the same meaning, does it? Does it? I know it's hot, but come on. It doesn't have the same meaning. The, the Greek language, in a very real way, is, is, a, is a much more uh, detailed, a much more specific uh, language. For instance, in Greek, dealing with love, eros uh, would usually be used uh, to describe a physical, a sensual, or a sexual, it's a physical type of, of uh, action. Uh, that, in English, it would simply be translated as love. Philos... Uh, and again, some of you I know know this, that it's an affection or a fondness or it's a, uh, usually used as a, as a friendly, that, that kind of idea, endearment, kind, you know, that kind of idea. And then agape or agape or agapeo or however you want to say it uh, is the deepest, the most committed type of love. Now, I hesitate to fully define agape uh, because uh, that's what we're going to do for the rest of today and next Weak. But let me say that you'll often find that when people are talking about agape, that idea of love, that it is oftentimes referred to as the God kind of love. You ever heard it called that? God kind of love? Because it is the word, remember the different words in Greek, but that we translate them simply as love. Because agape love is the word that is always used to describe God's love toward us, and as I suspect, uh, you probably could figure out or already know it is the word that is used all 29 times in 1 John chapter 4. It is agape, love, and you don't have to be able to speak Greek to know in un no uncertain terms that John is saying it is non-negotiable. It's not up for debate. We're not tossing it around to see. It is a non-negotiable. Beloved, let us love. A present active tense, continuous tense verb. Love. Agape love. Now, why is love 
a non-negotiable. Y'all are probably wondering that, weren't you? Okay. <laughs> love is a non-negotiable, first, because love comes from God. It, it comes from God. That's the source of it. It comes from God. He's the author of it. He's the, the giver of it. And so, so those who claim to belong to God should then have that same love within them. Because, uh, look at how it uh, says, I think, uh, in verse latter part of verse 8. Because God is love. Y'all probably have said that yourselves, right? You know that, right? God is love. Now, God is not only love. That is not all that God is. If God were only love, then it would be just to tr- true to turn around and say love is God. And love is not God. Because God is also holy. God is also righteous. God is also all-powerful. God is all... Th- these and, and many other are are attributes of, of who God is. They make up who God is, but certainly God is love. And so those of us who would say, hey, I, I've given my life to Christ, I belong to God, then certainly we should uh, have that love within us. Would you not agree? Okay. So it's non-negotiable for us because it's from God. Second, uh, it's not only from God, love points to God. It points in the very direction of God. He is the one who has brought this into our life. He is the one who changes us and brings change into our life and makes it possible for us to to be changed as a result of this love, and it points to him. Uh, John mentioned this earlier. We've already been over this. He mentioned this earlier several weeks ago. If, if you were here, you remember I referred to it as the love test, that John was given all these tests about this is how you can know that you're, that you're in Christ and you have a relationship with Christ. And one of the things I mentioned was, was the love test, that that's part of the evidence of how you can know that you're in him because John says that it's, if it's not there, then it's not real. Again, I think the latter part of verse uh, 7 uh, he says, everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God. For God is love. So by this love in us and acting in us and, and operating towards others, it, it is directing, it is pointing, it is evidence that I actually am in a relationship with God. Are you with me? Do you got it? So this love is something that I should have in me. Because it's from God, God is good, and so therefore love is good. It didn't, it didn't come from man, it's not from the poets, Hollywood didn't come up with it, man didn't invent it at all. It comes from God, this idea of love. And it is evidence that God is in us. Now I know I haven't defined it yet, I haven't defined exactly what this agape kind of love is, but I suspect you're smart enough people to realize that some of at least what it entails, since God is our example of what this love ought to look like. Okay? All right. Let's look at this idea. Do you agape love me? Now listen, don't, let's not be flippant about this. Don't answer this too quickly. Based on what we said, agape, that it's a different kind of love. We're going to define it, I know, as we go. But to ask that question even right now, do you agape love me? Do you agape God kind of love the person in front of you or the person on the other side of the room or the believer? Because remember, the context here is the body of Christ, right? That's clearly who he's talking about, this idea of loving one another, the body of Christ. Do you love your brother and sister in Christ in Washington, D.C., or Boston, or Canada, or Russia, or China, or Croatia? Do you 
agape love them. Well, that's, that's kind of silly. I, I, don't, I don't even know them. I don't even know the person in front of me that well. I sure don't know the person on the other side of the room. And I certainly don't know the people in, in Canada or, or Russia or Croatia or Boston or, or, or D.C. How can I love them? How can I love them? How can I love them if, if, I, if I don't even know them? I am so glad you asked that question. The answer is you can't if you love the way the world loves. Because that's how the world loves, isn't it? The world loves based on what you know about a person. Isn't that true? The world loves based on, on how a person acts towards you, how kind they've been, what they've done for you, uh, what they've done to you. Is that not how the world bases love? Based on what I know about this person, what I like about this person, how this person has treated me, whether they've been kind to me, what they've done for me. That is how the world loves. Ladies and gentlemen, by the way, that's why that kind of love can evaporate so quickly because it's based on us. It's based on, on what, what we've done for someone or someone else has done for us. And the moment we mess up, we're out of their graces or, or we, we, they, they, they just don't trust anymore. They don't love us anymore. They don't whatever. That's why that kind of love can evaporate so quickly. And that is such a natural way to love, right? That's just natural. It just comes natural to love that way. And God, here comes God. And he's asking us to love in a supernatural way. He's asking us to love in a way that does not come natural to us. But by the power of his spirit is made possible so that we can love. Here it is. So that we can love the body of Christ. Here, there, and everywhere. We can love the body of Christ like he loves the body of Christ. Are you with me? You understand what I'm saying? It's made possible because of that. Do you agape love the brothers and sisters in Christ, whether they're here or on the other side of the world? Okay, let's, uh, let's kind of try and, and define it here uh, this morning. Here's, here's where we start. Love is focusing on the other person. We're going to start with there. It'll, some of it will continue on next week. But love, if we're going to define it, is focusing on the other person. Let's uh, pick it up in verse 9. Y'all with me? Say to the person uh, beside you or behind you, tell them you love them. Did you, did you know the person you just said that to? Okay, now say it to somebody you don't know. Turn, turn and look at somebody you don't know. All right. <laughs> let's not get carried away. They're going to think we really love each other. All right, let's look at verse 9. Listen. Listen, listen to what he says now. By this, the love of God was manifested in us or, or revealed or, or, or made known in us. That's what, basically what the word means. By this, the love of God was manifested in us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Love focuses on the other person. And here's what that should mean. Here's how it breaks down, how it ought to look for us. First, it is beneficial to the other person, right? That's, that's, remember, we're describing, okay, what's this again? That's the word that's always used to describe God's love for us. That's the word John uses all through 1 John here. Okay, it's a different word that may have different meaning than, than what we sometimes think of. It's just love. So how do we define it? What does it mean? Well, the first thing that it means is that it is beneficial for the other person. Look at uh, verse 9, uh, or uh, verse 9 again. Try to bring verse 9 up. 
By this the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. So that we might live through him. Now the, the, uh, the application of that verse then would be that I can't really live, a person can't really live, a person can't really know life apart from a relationship with the living God. That apart from a relationship with God, you can't really live. Now, no doubt, someone would say, and maybe even someone here, I don't know where everybody is spiritually, but no doubt someone would say, what are you talking about? I'm alive, and I don't follow Jesus. To that, I would simply say this. According to what the Word of God teaches, you may be breathing oxygen in. You may be moving around. You may be thinking. You may be acting in this world. But according to the Word of God, you aren't really alive. Not really. Until you have a relationship with Him and know Him. You can't really know peace and purpose and power in your life apart from a relationship with Him. It has to be that something from Him. Not because I say so, but because God says so. John chapter uh, 1 verse 4, second ago, uh, in Him was life. Chapter 1 verse 4. In Him was life and the life was the light of man. In Him was, say it, life. Say it. In Him was life. Listen, you, you, may, you may spend your time on this earth. You may be a, a biological, physical presence on this earth, leaving your carbon footprint as you go. You may do things and go places. You can indulge and invest in all the toys and trinkets and trappings of this world. But God says, if that's your idea of life, man, come to me. Come to me and let me show you what real life is. You see, all of that to say that's a characteristic of agape love. It is beneficial to the other person. God didn't come, ladies and gentlemen, God didn't come because he was bored. God didn't become a man because he had nothing better to do. God didn't become a man because he heard the baklava was good in Jerusalem. God didn't become a man because he had some need to, to, to show off. God became a man Because without him, we would have no hope. And so he took on flesh for us. That's a characteristic of agape love. It is is beneficial to the other person. Okay? But watch this. Not only is it beneficial to the other person, but it is not based on the other person's performance. It's, It's not. It's not. Some of you, if you're sitting out here and, uh, and, you're, and you're maybe thinking as you heard me give this explanation of, of God's love for us, and if some of you are beginning to think, eh, man, that sounded a little too man-centric, please understand, God did not do any of this because we deserved it. God did not become a man because he owed it to us. God did not become a man because we had earned it in some way. As a matter of fact, well, look at, look at verse 10 again. In this is love. Not that we love God. You see it? Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the payment for our sins. You understand? That's, that's what he does. As a matter of fact, before a person comes to a relationship with God, you're actually an enemy of God. Did you know that? Romans chapter 5. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. For if we were, what's that next word? 
enemies. If we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Not anything you did, not anything you earned, not because you somehow, you know, God said, oh, that's cool what they're doing. I think I'll die for them. Through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only this, but we also exult in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. You understand? It's not based on anything that you and I have done. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, God uh, loves us. Uh, he, he died for our benefit. Uh, it's nothing I did. Got it. Appreciate it. Good thing. I'm so glad God did that. Are you sure? Because look at verse 11 again. Beloved, if God so loved us, I'm sorry, would you finish reading that last part with me? We also ought to love one another. And who's he referring to? Who is it we're supposed to be loving? Who? I'm sorry, what, who? Yeah, your brothers and sisters in Christ, the body of Christ. And not, not eros love. We're not that kind of church. Not philos love. The, the world can love that way, quite honestly. But agape love, sacrificial Focused on others instead of focusing on myself. And it is hard. It is hard. It is hard to love that way. Isn't it? Isn't it? it is, it's hard. Right? Because, because, man, if I love that way, you're telling me that I'm supposed to love a, a guy in, in, in uh, Uzbekistan that's part of the body of Christ over there. I'm supposed to love him. I, I, I don't even know him. He's never done anything for me. And I'm supposed to love him, but, but I don't, I don't, it's hard. The love of God, to love as God commands us to love, it, it's not, as a matter of fact, I'd say we can't do it. And that's the whole point. We can't do it in our natural selves. You just can't do it. You need something supernatural. I need something supernatural. So I ask again, do you agape love me? Do you agape love the person on the other side of the room or the other side of the world? Oh, but, but if I do that, if I do that, they, uh, uh, they might take advantage of me. Could be. If I, if I do that, I, 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 I might get hurt. I can almost guarantee it. If I do that, I, I'm going to end up on the short end of the stick sometimes. Yeah, you will. Why? Because none of us are perfect. None of us get it right. And we, we oftentimes overlook people or underestimate people or, or neglect people or, or, or don't respond the way that we ought to respond to them in, the mo- in a moment of crisis or heat or, or whatever the case may be. We don't operate in, uh, in, in agape love in that moment. So we won't always get it right, but still there is that command. Beloved, let us love as God loved us. So still it's there. Still we got to deal with it. Okay, real quickly, let me... Let me, try and, let me try and make some, some uh, application here. Uh, we're, we're just taking one step in defining this agape kind of love. And, and the first thing that jumps out, John says there, is it, it is, it's others focused. It means I'm going to have to sacrifice. It means I'm going to have to overlook uh, other people's imperfections or even the wrongs they do for me. It means I've got to love them even if they don't love me the way I'm loving them. So let's make some practical application. The next time, for instance, I'm just, I'm just giving some practical application. Next time, for instance, a, a church-wide email goes out about a prayer need. Someone some in the family of God or connected to the family of God has asked for, for prayer. At that moment, every single brother and sister in Christ should stop whatever they're doing 
and lift that need up right then, right then, right then, right then and there. Lift up that need. Well, I, I, don't, I don't get the uh, electronic prayer list. Well, why not? If it's a problem on our end, please let us know. We'll try our best to fix it. But, but why would I not want, if, if I'm, how am, I, how am I loving? What kind, of, what kind of love is it? Agape, God kind of love. How, how would I not want to lift up a need that someone has cared enough to actually want to send it out over the wire to as many people as possible? So, the next time, say for instance, a request goes out for meals for a family that's in, in need. Maybe they've had a child or somebody's in the hospital or they... That maybe they've lost their job, I don't, whatever it might be. And, the, and a need goes out and says, listen, this is one way we can bless people. We can, we can fix meals for, for somebody. Rather than the two or three or four people that always respond, every single person that claims the name of Christ ought to be responding to that email and saying, I can fix a meal for that person. I can do it. But, it, but they, they live way out of town or I live way out of town or, or they've never fixed a meal for me or I, I, I get off work too late. or it's, I know, I know. This God kind of love stuff is hard, isn't it? Shall I keep going? All right. Just remember, you asked for it. So the next time, for instance, Cross Culture Church has a date set up where we're going to pick up trash on Westgate Road, a, a road that we have adopted as a, as a church, as a way to express uh, uh, l- the love of God in a tangible way by picking up garbage, yes, on the side of a road. The next time we do that on a Saturday, we ought to run out of those fashionable orange vests that we have to wear and, and tongs and gloves and whatever else we have to to do to, to put on. We ought to run out of it because so many people show up to work alongside their brother and sister in Christ because they love them and they care about them and they can't even stand the idea that, that their brother is down there picking up trash while they're laid up reading the morning paper. I'm not saying that's what y'all are always doing. Just saying. But, but, but Saturday is, it's like one of my only days off. But Saturday is the day my kids have ball games. But I know, I know this love stuff. It's hard. It's hard. Shall I go on? <laughs> what time is it? I gotta quit pretty soon. So, the next time, for instance, information goes out about uh, a, a, a mission opportunity, a, mi- a mission work in this community, in this country, on the other side of the world, virtually. I'm sure there's a few exceptions, maybe there might be, but virtually every single person that names the name of Christ should, inqu- should at least inquire. I need some inf- I want to know the information about that. And should, should ask God, God, would you let me go minister to, to fellow believers on the other side of the world and share the gospel with them, come alongside of them? I've got more stuff than they'll ever have, God. It's going to be a lot out of me to do vacation and, and use some of my own money, but God, would you let me go on that? Listen, crazy idea. Crazy idea. But the next time you hear about some opportunity, instead of your first sentence being, uh, God's, never, uh, God's never told me to go on a mission trip. Crazy idea. What if you said, well, God's not telling me not to go on this trip, so I'm going to go on this trip. Unless God tells me no, and I'm pretty sure he's able to do that. Unless God tells me no, I'm going to, Go on the trip. If you know, I understand logistically, you got to work it out. And does it work with your vacation? All the, I know, I understand. But you understand what I'm saying is that do you agape love? Because that is clearly what he's asking us. Oh, one more. Why not? I've already 
Let's do it. Most of y'all know, okay. Most of y'all know I don't talk about money a lot at Cross Culture Church. Matter of fact, a number of people told me they wished I would talk more about money at Cross Culture Church. I'm just going to be honest with you. It's always been my belief that you ought to, you ought to give uh, to this ministry, you ought to give to Cross Culture Church because scripturally uh, God asked you to and because you believe in what we're trying to do around here. Not, not because I stand up here and, and, and guilt you into giving. That's just why, I'll just be honest with you, why I don't talk about it a lot. I just think you ought to want to do it. Be excited about being part of the work of the kingdom and, and being obedient to God and what he commands you to do. But so I don't, I don't talk about money a lot. And I have no idea, I, I really don't, no idea when cross-culture kids or y'all gather in this room or people that are on vacation, I have no idea how many people practice biblical tithing at cross-culture church. I have no idea. But here's what I, I do know. I know that uh, if we're anywhere near the, the national average, then we would be lucky. This would be high. We'd be lucky if 10% of the members of the, those who regularly attend cross-culture are practicing biblical stewardship. I don't know whether that's the case. I'm just telling you, and, 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 I, and I'll just say, those of us that do, as your brother and sister in Christ, we sure would love for you to come alongside of us and join in this work financially. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, hey, half a mile, a mile down the road from here, there's a building for sale. Now, I, I told it had been sold, but, uh, but there's a sign back up there, uh, just, just right down here, down, down the road, that, that a church used to be in. A church was, it's already set up for church stuff. It's got uh, room for 750 people, and it's got a pretty good amount of parking, and it's got separate classrooms and rooms. It's got a, 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 a bookstore, and it's got all this kind of stuff, right? $1.95 million they're asking for it. We're not a big church yet. Again, I have no idea how many people practice biblical tithing at this church. But I know this, if we are anywhere near the, the, the national average, if we who claim, profess Christ, if we said, God, this is what your word says. And besides, my brothers and sisters are involved in this, and this is the work of the kingdom, and I, I want to be part. If we all came alongside, listen, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we'd be moving into that building in a matter of weeks because we'd have the cash flow that would allow for it. I'm, I'm just saying. Oh, and by the way, even if that one is sold, God is perfectly capable of finding some other place for us to be if it's not here. Now listen, those of y'all know me, know that I've, that I've never been one that thought that having our own building made us any more of a church than we are right now. But I do know that it would make it easier for your brothers and sisters in Christ, quite honestly, who show up early and set up and tear down and, and hang signs and Go off. So I, I know, I know there'd be some benefits to having space so our students could meet and know where they're meeting and, and all that kind of stuff week after week after week. But even if that building is sold, God is perfectly capable of providing another. As a matter of fact, I, I just, I saw another building that's for sale on Glenwood Avenue. There's 10,000 square feet on the bottom floor that's available and the upper floor is already leased to a- Adam and Eve, uh, the, in- the intimate uh, apparel store. So... I'm just saying, I'm just saying, first off, it is a biblical name. And second, and second, I'm pretty sure we'd get noticed. I'm just saying. I I don't know what everybody would think about a church that met underneath a woman's lingerie uh, store, but uh, listen. Listen, I, I, I know, I could go on and on. I know y'all are, y'all are tired of hearing. I know it's hot. And I know all that kind of stuff. 
But I, I, well, all I'm saying to you today, folks, this, I'm telling you now, this is, this, is, this is a come to Jesus meeting right here. This is serious stuff. This is, don't walk out of here and say, I don't, what, what is he, I don't remember what he's talking about. He's asking us to love each other in a way that is so radical that the world would be jealous of it. And that every person that walks through that door, first time guest to cross culture or long time participant in what we're trying to do here, that every single person would feel that love because I agape love them. I can't not go speak to them. I can't give them a hug if, if, they're, if they're okay with that. I can't, I, I've got to, because that's what we're called to do. Do you agape love? Do you God-like love? Here's what I know. With God, love really is a verb. Love is an action. It was an action when God extended it to us. God, it's, as we said earlier, it's always been a characteristic. It's, always, it's part of who God is. But, but John said there that it wasn't, it wasn't manifest. It wasn't fully revealed to us until God gave his only begotten son. And he's asking us, he's calling us to love our brothers and sisters in Christ wherever they are. Across the other side of the room, somebody you've not even met yet. The other side of the world, somebody you've not even met yet. But somebody that's trying to build the kingdom. And, and God is asking us to love each other that much. And to do whatever is sacrificially, unconditional, giving, thinking of the other person before myself. Do you? Do I? Listen, I, I'm, I'll be the first to tell you, I certainly don't get it right all the time. Man, I'm sorry. I apologize to you when I haven't. But as God is my witness, I love you. And I would like to think that there is nothing I would not do for you if it was within my power. For not, not just collectively, I'm talking about each and every one of you. If it was within my power to do, there's nothing that I wouldn't do for you. Man, I, I know I mess up. And I know y'all do too. But if we can do this, I mean, if we can really do this, I'm telling you, we'll rock the world, folks. We'll rock the world. Thanks, Pastor. So to pick up on the question Pastor Clay asked in today's message, do you love your brothers and sisters in Christ the way God loves his children? It's not always easy, is it? But as we heard today, it's critical for the health of the church and for showing the world what real love should look like. We invite you to join us on a Sunday morning at Cross Culture Church. We gather each week in a casual and contemporary atmosphere and celebrate the goodness of our God. Cross Culture may be a little different from what you're thinking. Sure, we're a church, but instead of religion, we're about relationships. A community of believers where Jesus is revealed in the lives of each person. Real people who truly care. Solid biblical teaching from Pastor Clay Stevens and the most energetic, safe, and fun kids program around. Find out more at crossculturelife.org. I want to lead you to the cross. I want to lead you to the cross. Cross Culture Church in North Raleigh, taking the cross to our culture and taking our culture to the cross.